Welcome to New Destiny Christian Center's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor David Verdecchio. If you'd like to find more information about our ministry, please visit us online at www.NewDestinyChristianCenter.com. Hallelujah. God is good, isn't he, people? Everybody have a nice Thanksgiving? Amen. Get plenty of turkey? Took a good nap Thursday afternoon after you had that turkey coma? Amen. I'm going to give you a second. I believe God wants to speak this morning and help some people. As I've been really praying, uh, you know, Lord, what God's kind of had me going down a road here lately. Um, destiny and faith and kind of those things, two, two things in combination, because you can't get one without the other one. You really have to have them both in order for God to do what he wants to do. And every time I pray for new destiny, what I see is just what's in our name, destiny, destiny, destiny. The reason that we name the church this, and I believe that God has a destiny for all of us as a group, but also for individuals, that God wants to move and help us to begin to go forward. And, and you know, anytime you're in a territory, you're at a place, you, you have to look at the spirits and the dominant things in that territory and how they affect. And one of the things that I think is dominant in this area is there's almost a dampening spirit upon revelation. Okay, when, when, when you begin to talk about revelation and all, you can get excited about it, but there's almost like a wet blanket that automatically comes out in the spirit and gets thrown on top of it. And there's something powerful that I believe God wants to do uh, here at New Destiny that we can begin to look for revelation and make it effective and active in our lives. And that's two-step process. Okay, and I'm going to kind of get into that a little bit this morning. Does that, does that make sense as a start? All right, now I didn't, I didn't put the scriptures, I didn't give them to them this morning, so they may be a little delayed. That's my fault. Okay, Matthew chapter 13, verses 3 through 9. So I really do believe, though, that God wants to introduce to us revelation. I mean, how many of you want fresh revelation? How many of you are reading your Bible through, by the way? You still going? We're almost down to the last month. That's a tremendous accomplishment. Hallelujah. Okay, Matthew chapter number 13. I'm going to start at verse number 3. The Bible says, Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell on the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some seed on stony places, where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up, because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell on thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Verse number nine, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, Jesus in this scripture, I'm not going to be talking about the seed and the sower, even though that's what the scripture is. He was, he was trying to bring a revelation. Did you know that you can be any one of these four soils? And I believe you can determine which one of these four soils you are. It's not by accident. And we can, as a group and as individuals, decide, I will be good soil. That when the Spirit of God, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> that when the Spirit of God speaks, that the soil of my heart will be open and receive the seed and will be nourished so that it can bring forth a harvest. Okay? You can choose to be good soil. Or you can choose to be stony, thorny, rocky. Now, the scripture that I want to hold on to, that I want us to get, is verse number 9. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The first thing with Revelation is you have to hear. You have to hear what the Spirit is saying. And Jesus was speaking in parables, but he said, if you have ears to hear, hear. And when you begin to pray and you ask God, God, I want revelation in my life. I want to start to live what the Word says. 
I want to start to do what the Word of God says that I can do. I want to have what the Word of God says that I can have. I want to begin to step into destiny and see God move in my life. So Father, I ask that you would speak to me that I would hear and in hearing that I would begin to step into revelation. Okay? Now, back in the, uh, in, in uh, actually uh, 18, or in 1900, in December of 1900, or uh, October, I'm sorry, in October of 1900, or 19, boy, I'm getting it all wrong here. In October of 1900, there was a guy, uh, Charles Parham, some of you know who he is, Topeka, Kansas. And he had a desire to do something for God. He had a desire to, to hear God. He began to talk and, and want revelation in the things of God. And in October of the year 1900, he started a Bible college, a very small Bible college uh, in Topeka, not exactly a megatropolis. And he went into that place and he said, look, you all can come. I'm not going to charge any tuition for this Bible college. We're going to come. You're going to have faith. You're going to believe God because if we don't get any food, you don't eat. And they trusted God and they came together and he began to teach them methodically through the Bible. On December 31st of the year 1900, they were going through the Bible and they came to the place in Acts chapter 2 where it talked about the Holy Spirit falling on them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And they begin to debate and talk about this. Now, at that particular time, there was nobody in recorded history in that part of, the, uh, uh, of that time period that was speaking in tongues. And they said, we just can't get away from this one single fact. The Bible says that the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is to speak in other tongues. Everybody's telling us we have the Holy Spirit, but we don't have the evidence. So they begin to go into God and say, if the Word of God says it, we can have it. They begin to pray in earnest. They begin to seek God. And it was just after midnight, so it would have been in 1901, January 1st, that one of the girls came up. I forget her name. What was her name? Do you remember? Something Osborne. She came up and she said, I want you to pray for me, to, to Parham that I would get the evidence of speaking in tongues. Agnes Osborne. Osman. Can't get the dates right, can't get the names right. He laid his hands on her, and it said that all of a sudden, she began to speak in Chinese. She spoke in Chinese for three days. They, they, she couldn't speak in English for three days. And they said, write down what you're saying. So she began to write in Chinese. They put it in the papers and Chinese people said, that's Chinese. The Holy Ghost began to move. It started in that little town and it began to bounce around. You begin to see things like, you know... <laughs> William Seymour out there and he began to pray in tongues and begin to see the power of God flow but my point is this they saw what the word of God said and they said if it says it I can have it see they heard what the spirit was saying they heard what the spirit is saying I'm not preaching on the Holy Spirit although if you don't have it you can what I'm preaching on is if God says it and you have spiritual ears to hear it, you can have it if you choose to hear it. Okay, now I'm going to use the, the word here, H-E-A-R, and I'm going to go down in each of those letters. Okay, the first one is the H, and the H is a real hard one. It's here. <laughs> Matthew 13, 9 in the Amplified says, He who has ears to hear... Let him be listening and let him consider and perceive and comprehend by hearing. Okay, there's a lot that's in there when you begin to break those things down. So the first thing that it says, if you're going to hear, if you want revelation that changes your life and the life of those that are around you, you have to hear. And the first thing is you have to consider. You know... In my life, maybe it's not this way with, with you, but I would tend to think it probably is. In my life, the biggest challenge to revelation 
is the gray matter between my ears. That when the Spirit of God will begin to say something or, 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 or you know, God will use a preacher or God will use something that's going, uh, that, that I hear and all of a sudden the Spirit of God begin to move, immediately in my brain I begin to go, don't, I don't know, maybe, I, maybe kind of, sort of. Am I the only one that does that? See, we can so easily talk ourselves out of hearing that we miss God. Uh, my personality, and some of you have heard me say this, I, I really, for, for many years until fairly recently, was pretty much just a wallflower. I didn't talk a lot. I didn't go around people very often. If I was in a crowded room, you wouldn't see me talking. It just, it just was my personality. And so when God began to speak to me different things, I immediately would go, well, I don't have the personality for that. I mean, Pastor Teresa can, can talk to, you know, a, a, a door and get the door saved. I mean, we used to go on outreach when we first met. I don't know how I ever ended up with you, because she talked to everyone, and I didn't talk to anyone. I guess she liked that. But I had black belts. That's what it was, yeah, because she would talk to everybody, and she needed from protection. I'm going to get the guy from Philly. Italian from Philly. So, but she... What was I going to say here? I didn't have any of that personality to be able to do any of that. And, you know, some people just have that flamboyant personality. You know, you've met charismatic people, right? Like uh, some people that are salesmen, they're naturally born salesmen. They can't help but selling, you know. They're not even trying to sell you anything, and they're just personality. It's just, it's bubbly, it's out there, it wants to do it, right? I didn't have any of that. And yet God began to speak to me what he wanted me to do. And immediately I began to say, well, you know, God, if I had her gift set, I could do that. But I'll let her preach and I'll stand in the background. You can talk yourself out of revelation before it even begins to take hold. You convince yourself, well, no, that's just not for me. We talk all the time about faith. Faith, faith, God, only faith. Oh, I, want, I want faith. I want you to build faith. And I say it all the time. And the thing that I notice, and it's so easy to do, is to talk about faith and everyone just go, well, that's nice for this one and that one, but not for me. You convince yourself not even to allow the Spirit to enter in. God can't get through if you refuse to listen. See, the reason the Jews of that day couldn't accept Jesus as the Messiah is because they would not even allow themselves to think that he could be. So even though he's doing miracles, even though all this stuff has happened that's unbelievable, they stopped it before it could ever get in. And they said, no, that can't be. This isn't the way that it's supposed to be. And they missed the Messiah that they had been waiting for their whole lives because they just couldn't even consider that it could be him. Second thing is you really have to perceive. This is all under here. Okay, so it said in that, it says uh, uh, the, the definition of perceive, to cause or allow the mind to become aware. To cause or allow the mind to become aware. In other words, to get it. First you have to allow it in and then you have to allow yourself to get it. Have you ever worked on something for a long time and you just couldn't seem to get it right and then all of a sudden you got it? Yeah. I remember when I was young, you know, I, I did carpentry for a lot of years and construction. And, and when you're young, you know, back then at least, you had to know how to use a hammer and a nail. It sounds so basic, right? But, you know, if you take someone that, that hasn't done it very often, it's more difficult to, to put in a 16-penny nail than you may think and have it go where you want it to go. And so I can remember when I was young, I would practice it. I'd say, okay, I've got to nail this thing in there. And it, you know, and you're yanking it out and putting another one in there. And you know, the fourth nail, you're trying to get it in there. But something happens when you practice something enough that all of a sudden, you just get it. It's kind of like riding a bike. I don't know anyone who just got on the bike the first time and it was no problem. Right? You're going to fall once or twice. You're going to wiggle. You're going to wobble. You don't know what you're doing, right? And then all of a sudden, it just makes sense. Revelation is the same way. 
There has to come a point where you just say, I'm going to hear it, but I'm not just going to hear it, I'm going to get it. Okay? And so sometimes when, when we're preaching, God is trying to speak, and we just try and pick and choose which parts of it that we want. And we say, well, that part I can get, but this part, I'm going to throw that over here. Lisa needs that one. Frankie's got to get this one. Right? And we, we throw things around instead of saying, you know what, God? I want to get it. I want to give this guy right here. I want to get it. See, there's a difference when you come to church to get it and you come to church just to hear. So you can hear without hearing. Matthew 15, 10. And when he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand. Hear and understand. God wants to begin to bring understanding to your hearing. And hearing without understanding is not fruitful. And the third point it made in there was comprehend. To, to, to take in the meaning and the nature or the importance of something, to, to comprehend it. I remember when I was in college, I had to take a strength and materials class. It was a basic engineering class, and we would talk about different materials and how they worked, and it was a lot of math, and you had to just sit there and do these endless problems in math, and I enjoyed it at that time. I did good in math, but one of the guys was so upset because most of the people, if they were going to that college, what their hardest area usually was this math course in particular because it was difficult to grasp, the strength of materials class. And so uh, one of the kids finally just said, why am I ever going to need this? He was really upset because he wasn't doing good. And, and he didn't understand why he's going to do it. And the professor began to talk about simple things where a strength of materials class would come in. And I remember this kid looking at it. Right? He talked about a stop sign. Stop sign's a pretty simple thing, right? Standing out here, we got one somewhere down the end of the block down there. Got one over here, right? And that stop sign, but do you ever notice that usually stop signs, they have one piece of metal coming out of the ground and another piece, and they're held together by bolts? Well, there's a reason that they do that. The, the reason is somebody sat down and did the math and determined that if the wind is strong enough, it was cheaper to break a bolt than to replace the whole sign. And I remember this kid looking at him and going, that makes sense. And his whole grade began to turn around because instead of fighting it, he began to say, I can learn something here. See, you have to comprehend when, the God, be when God begins to speak to you and the Holy Spirit begins to say some things. All right, so the first is H and it's here. The second is E. When the Spirit speaks, first thing you have to do is hear it. The second thing you have to do is begin to evaluate it. You have to evaluate what God is saying. I know this may seem a little bit dry, but if you get it, it's important. You have to ask, your crest, you ask yourself four questions. First thing you have to do when you hear God is you have to ask, is this my flesh? The flesh screams, the spirit whispers. The flesh screams, the spirit whispers. Okay, Elijah, he's in the cave, right? Elijah's out there. He had just killed 450 prophets of Baal. He had a slaughter. He had a tremendous move of God. God used him so powerfully. Jezebel threatened him. He runs to the cave. The Spirit of God speaks and says, what are you doing here? And what does he do? He says, well, I'll tell you what I'm doing here. He said, I've been very zealous, very zealous for the Lord of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life also. His flesh began to scream out. I've been faithful, God. Why am I in this cave? You want to know why I'm here, God? Because you didn't protect me. That's really what he was saying. So that's why I'm in this cave. That's why I'm hiding. I'm the only one that does what you want, God, and look where I'm at. Anyone else ever found themselves kind of in that place? He said, this is, this is why I'm here. And then 
God says to go out. He passes by. I just preached this not long ago, the earthquake and the wind and all the different things. And then the Spirit of God says, Elijah, why are you here? See, your flesh, here's how you can tell the flesh. It's what you want. Flesh isn't really hard to, to figure out. Flesh is what we want. We want to be famous. We want to be, you know, I don't know, whatever it is, whatever it is in, in, in you that you want. Flesh is about me. Well, God, I want to do this. I want to be important, God. I want people to respect me. I want people to like me. I want to have money. I want to have power. I want to have influence. Whatever it is that, that gets you going, that's what the flesh is. Okay? So what do you do to kill the flesh? If you want to be able to ask God, now here's the key. When God speaks, you've got to differentiate between the you and the flesh, your flesh and the spirit. In order to do that, you have to do what we'll be doing in January. You fast. Fasting is mortifying the flesh. It's putting to death our willful, soulish desires so that we can hear what the Spirit of God is saying and differentiate. And people all the time will tell me, you mean, you mean like fasting, like not eating? Yeah. You get better at it. You never like it. But you do get better at it as you do it. And so every January, just I'll get you a little quick prep for it. Every January from the 2nd to the 22nd, we fast. Nobody's going to force you. We're not going to call you up and go, Kenny, I saw that you had a, a tasty cake today. <laughs> okay, we, we don't do that. We don't do that. Kenny's tasty cakes are between him and God. But we fast, and the reason we fast is we want to hear the Spirit of God. So you have to ask yourself whenever you hear something. Now, one of the things that will help you is when God speaks to you something and begins to bring direction in your life, please, please, I'll say it again, please talk to somebody who's over you in the Lord and bounce it off of them. I'll leave that there till later. Second thing you have to ask yourself, is this the devil? Well, pastor, this would be an easy one, right? Because if it's the devil, we would know it. No. When Jesus was in the wilderness, he hadn't eaten for 40 days or drank, which was a miracle of God in itself. And he, it say, I love what it says. It says he hadn't eaten or drank in 40 days and he was hungry. And he's in that place and the devil came and tempted him. But what did he use to tempt him? The word of God. Most false religions start with a scripture. They start with a scripture. Most of them use the Bible. They twist it, they turn it, they mess it up, they do all that stuff, but they use the word. So you can't just say, well, it's in the Bible. So you have to begin to understand the devil uses the word, but he twists it to get you to do what he wants you to do. What did he say to Jesus? Now, here's Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God. And what does the devil say? If you're really the Son of God, throw yourself off the temple. Because you know the Word says that you'll be okay. If you're, if you're the Son of God, here's a rock. Turn it into bread because you're hungry. And God wants to bless you, right? You're about day 23, you know, 20, about day 20, I mean, in the fast. And you're kind of like, oh, bread's sure looking good right about now. Right? And so he tempts him with his flesh. He tries to do it. The devil will always tempt you to not do what God wants you to do. Third question you have to ask is, is this the Holy Spirit? How do you figure that out? How do you know if it's the Holy Spirit? First, you do have to look and say, is it in the Word? But the second part of it is just as important. You have to ask, does it line up with Scripture? Because I can find just about anything in the Bible and say, look, that's in the Word. But the Bible has a theme that it follows and it has to line up with Scripture. Okay, yes, the Bible said those things that the devil tried to tempt Jesus with, but it didn't line up with Scripture and he knew that. So he was able to combat that word with the Scripture. All right? 
The third thing you have to do is you have to seek wise counsel. Don't ever find yourself in a place where it's just you and God. Because we all can deceive ourselves easy. It's very easy to deceive yourself and think you're right. It's very easy for me to deceive myself and think I'm right. That's why I have a pastor. I have Apostle Joe over my life. I thank God for Apostle Joe all the time. Why? Because sometimes I'll call him up and I'll say, Apostle Joe, this is what the Spirit of God's thinking. And it gives me the ability to bounce it off of somebody who's responsible for me in the things of the Spirit, and they can begin to guide me and walk me through that process. Okay, so it's really important that you have somebody that you bounce it off of and you allow them to speak into your life and you allow them to be used in that way. And then you really have to pray and fast. Never make a major decision in your life based on a, a revelation without praying and fasting, really praying and fasting, not a shooby dooby down the road. Really praying and fasting, really going into God. I ask people all the time, so did you pray? Yeah. When? Well, I pray all the time. No, I don't know what I asked you. The little shooby-dooby down the roads, it's okay. It'll help you. Right? But there's something about when you go into God and say, okay, God, you're speaking to me. And then you begin to say, God, in Jesus' name, I want to know, is this, is this your will? Father, what are you doing here? What are you speaking? What do you want to do? Well, God, how am I supposed to do this? I think back to when God began to speak to me about the words of my mouth, the words of my mouth, the words of my mouth. I, 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 was, I was my own worst enemy in trying to be blessed with God because I, I'd say that I wanted to be blessed and that I would constantly confess the opposite. But I remember one day I began to say, God, I ask that you would give me this revelation and that, Father, I would get it, that I would understand it, that I would begin to walk in it. And I begin to say, God, in Jesus' name, I get on my knees every day, on my knees every day, in my front room in Shreveport, Louisiana. I get on my knees early in the morning. I say, Father, in Jesus' name, I have got to get this. I have to get it. Father, you've got to give it to me. I won't let go until I get this. You've got to change me. See, there's something about when you earnestly pray that God will give you revelation. And you grab onto that thing and you say, I don't have this but I intend to get it. And then you begin to fast. I tell people all the time, when's the last time you fasted? Well, I didn't eat dinner yesterday. That's because you worked late. <laughs> the third question you have to ask is, what's the timing? When? See, when God speaks, you have to evaluate that word. Right? God spoke to me within about five weeks of my salvation, and said, you'll go back to where you came from and you'll pastor a church. I didn't know it would be 20 years later. The timing of God is very important. You've got to allow God's timing to be in there. The A is for activate. You have to hear, evaluate, and activate. Now this is where the rubber begins to meet the road. Action causes activation. Luke 11, 9. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. You need something from God? Here's your scripture. You lack in an area that you know God wants to move in and you don't have it? This is where you got to go. Go to Luke eleven nineteen. You've got to, you got, it should be marked in your Bible. It should be one of those scriptures that you underline. And you, see, the world's going to tell you that you can't have it because of whatever. It's the economy. It's the politicians. It's this. It's that. It's all a bunch of garbage. According to my word, the God that moves the mountains that we were singing about, the God that parts the sea that we were talking about, the God that can do anything said I can have this, and so therefore I'm going to go get it. See, there's something about when you change your mindset. If you're looking for somebody else to get it for you, you're in bad shape. There is nothing that can stop any person in this place from having what God wants them to have if you'll decide to do these three things. If you'll decide to do these three things. And so the first thing it says that you have to do is to ask. 
What is asking? It's praying. It's praying, once again. There's something about an earnest prayer. There's something about going into God. When I was believing God in the area of finances, I remember going into God and saying, Father, I am so sick to death of this lifestyle that I'm living right now. So, Father, it's not right. I listened to all the right sermons that would give me the revelation. I know that I'm supposed to be able to get it, but God, I have nothing. I can't get it. I can't figure it out. Same thing with the call of God. There came a place in my life where it just seemed like it was just a dream that I had and it was flying away. And all of a sudden I begin to say, now wait a minute, if God spoke it, then I can begin to get into it. And what I did is I begin to go into prayer. I begin to say, God, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get it. I don't care how long it takes, Father. I need to get it. And I begin to pray, Father, in Jesus' name, let it be. Now let me help you, do, help you with something here. If you have a hard time praying those kind of prayers, you need to come here on Tuesday nights at 6 o'clock. You, you need to come here on Tuesday nights at 6 o'clock. Why? Because you're going to hear and participate in how to pray prayers that change things. See, you can pray a lot and never change anything. Oh, I just rattled some bones on that one. You can pray a lot and never change anything. You're not praying right. You're not praying in faith. See, there's something about, you know, when Pastor Teresa got up here and she began to go into prayer and begin to charge in, atmospheres turn when you know how to pray a prayer that change atmospheres. So you ought to come on Tuesday nights and learn how to do that. Or you can shimmy shimmy down the road for a while and keep going what you're doing. But if you get in there and learn how to break through in an area. See, there's something about prayer. There's something about when you learn how to actually pray. And that revelation will change your life that you can begin to pray in the Spirit and say, Oh, Father, in Jesus' name, you've promised this. God, I know that it's there. I know that you want to do it, God. I know that you can do it. I don't know why I don't have it yet, so God, you've got to speak and change this thing right here. The person looking in the mirror, God, you've got to do something in my life. And then you go into the Spirit and you begin to pray, Father, in Jesus' name, bring revelation to my life. Bring revelation to my life, Father. Change me. Those areas that I can't figure it out, God, cause me to begin to turn. Cause small-mindedness to break off of me. Cause that smallness that says you can't do any more than this to break, God. You've got to do it in here and you go into God and you break it in the area of prayer there's not a person that can't go into God and learn how to pray transformative prayers it's for everybody and the reason we a lot of times don't like doing it is we don't like the way it feels. I remember when I was a, a young Christian, well, a young Christian, probably the first 15 years of my Christianity, I remember that when I would be in a group setting and we'd be praying, and when I would go in to pray something that really meant something, all of a sudden I'd go, Oh, and Father, I ask that you would bless me and help me. Because I didn't want anyone around me to hear me. I, 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 didn't, I, I almost felt embarrassed. But see, you can't break through unless you're willing to break through. You can't break through unless you're willing to break through. So now I charge into, oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. One of my prayers has always been and it continues to be, Father, I thank you that we're a multicultural church, Father. I don't care what the territory says. I don't care what, what TV says. I don't care what, 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 what entertainers say. I don't care what anyone says. Father, in Jesus' name, we're all children of God. We're not supposed to be one race. It's not going to be one race in heaven. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray. And I've gone into God so many times. And people tell me, well, how, how, did you, how did you do that? It's impossible to do that. And I just keep saying, it's because God does it, because he honors who we are. And if you love people, they come. And if we'll just continue to love people, I don't care what they are, blue, black, round, doesn't matter. If they come, God wants to touch them, and you love them, and God moves. But you've got to pray for a changed heart. You've got to pray that God will begin to turn those things. You've got to pray, and when you pray, you've got to do it. The second thing is you have to ask. Now, what is asking? I'm sorry, seek. The second thing is you've got to seek. What does that mean? Okay, so ask is to pray. Seek is to explore. You've got to seek it out. 
You got to look for it. God wants to give you revelation, but if, if you just take my word for it, you're probably not going to get it the way you could. You've got to seek it out. You've got to explore. We, it's so much easier today. You know, when, when, when I used to study for sermons, <coughs> I had to have the whole dining room table. And you'd had your Bible, and you had your concordance, and then you had two more versions of the Bible. And then over here you had a commentary, and then you had your expository dictionary over here. And you'd find, and then you got your notepads that you're writing on, and you're, you're doing this, and you're looking, okay, what does the strong say about this word? And then you're going over here. And it took some real work to study. Right now I've got, you know, like 60 versions of the Bible, half of them in language I don't even know. I got the Strong's Concordance on here. I can just click on the word. It'll go to the Greek and then to the Hebrew and tell me everything I need to know. It's so much easier today. And yet, the lack of exploring, the lack of seeking, has nothing to do with technology. We just don't do it because it's not fun. But if you want revelation, you got to be willing to seek it out you got to get in there, and you have to know that God has it for you. You have to know that. Because if you don't seek it out and ask questions, I, I, I love getting with people that know more than me. It's one of my favorite things. Because I'll just sit there and ask them questions. How'd you do this? How do you get that? What was it like when this happened? You prayed for someone that, that didn't have a limb and it grew out. What was that like? What was the fear on the inside of you? What did you feel? What was the atmosphere? You've got to ask questions. Find people that know what you don't know. Find people that know what you don't know. And ask them. Third thing is you have to knock. Knock is an action. And this is where we usually miss it. When revelation begins to come, you actually have to do something. You have to do something. You can't, it's not intellectual. It's not intellectual. The Bible is the greatest book that's ever been written. You can go as deep intellectually in it as you want. You'll never find the bottom. I get all that, but it's not intellectual. Revelation hits you, and you have to do an action to get it. There's something that has to be there. If you're believing God for finances, you will not. You will not ever. You cannot ever. It is impossible for you to ever get it without taking action. When I was believing God for finances, and I'm saying, oh God, you've got to change me. God, you've got to do something in my life. Father, this isn't right. There's four of us. I got two kids. We're living in a one-bedroom basement apartment. I got the kids in the laundry room for goodness sake. And I'm praying, God, you've got to change it. And you know what he told me to do? Give. A lot. A lot. And I'm like, uh, that's, that can't be God. And, and I told her, I said, you know, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, we should give a $1,000. And she looked at me like, huh? I said, I'm telling you, it was the Holy Spirit. He's telling us to give $1,000. We had never, we didn't have $1,000. So we began to win on God. Okay, God, you want me to give $1,000? So it was Christmas time. I, I had never gotten a bonus that meant anything in my entire life. I finally worked for a company where I could get one. It was, it was uh, the week of Christmas, and I, I, I got a bonus, and it was, what was it, $6,000? Something like that, $6,000. And I remember thinking, ooh, I can give that $1,000 now. And I thought, man, we're going to have Christmas, right? I went to the bank, I deposited that baby, and I picked her up, and I got the kids, and we went to have breakfast out at a restaurant. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. And, and, then, and then we went to church, and I was so excited, and God said, now I want you to give it all. Yes. 
and the debate began. <laughs> now that can't be. Did you know that your heart is tied to your wallet? When you pull your wallet out, your heart goes. Roop. I mean, I'm like, you know, God, you answered my prayer. And he took me to Abraham. He said, do you remember Abraham that was praying for a, a child, an heir? And God brought him one in his old age. And the Lord told him, take him up there on the mountain and sacrifice him. And Abraham went up to that mountain with just his son carrying the load. His son wasn't, well, he's gone. Wasn't that size. His son carried all the wood. And Abraham carried a knife and a rope. And he went up there, tied his son up, lifted that knife up and was ready to plunge it in. God said, okay, stop. I know that you'll listen. See, God told me, I want you to give it. I wish I could tell you that I did the jig and said, this is going to be the greatest day of my life, and I gave that money. We gave it, but it was... Mm. I mean, I put it in that basket. I thought, bless God, I better do something good with that. And then I wish that, that I looked in my bank account and there was $10,000 in there. There wasn't. It was hard. It was, it was hard again, still. But you know, I can look back now and I can see that from that point, something in me began to turn. Something began to change. I began to believe God in a different way. All of a sudden, it didn't happen overnight, but I began to to see little things happen. Why? Because I got a revelation, but it took an action. See, if God's speaking to you, there's some correlating action that you should take. That's why I tell people all the time when they get saved, when you come up here to the altar and you give your life to the Lord, I always tell them, now what you need to do is on your way home, you need to tell somebody what happened to you tonight. Because there's something about an action that makes things more real. There's something about actually getting out there and do it. I have people all tell me all the time, they'll tell me, Pastor, I'm called to be an entrepreneur. And I think to myself, well, that's great. What are you doing? I'm praying. Well, okay, that's the first one. What else are you doing? Well, I'm seeking. Okay, that, that's good too. But what are you doing? Well, I'm praying. <laughs> Revelation comes when you begin to do something. So maybe you're believing God for that God will use you in the area of healing. You know what you have to do? Pray for somebody. Put your hand on their head and pray that God will heal them. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you would heal them. Heal them, Father, because you're God, and I know me, and I can't do it, but God, in Jesus' name, I ask that you would move through me. And you do it. And if they don't get healed, you know what you do? You go to the next one and you pray for them. There's an action that has to correspond. People will say, well, I'm believing God to use me in the air of prophecy. Okay, we'll start out with edification and prophesy. Not correction, not rebuke. Edify somebody. Prophesy to their life. You know, I believe God wants to touch you. He wants to use you. It's so good. so good to be around you. I shake your hand, man. God's just all over you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God. <laughs> And then the R is revival. Why is the R important? Because I've never met anybody that served God for any length of time, five years even, that they didn't begin to go through a season where they felt a lull. To where the excitement that when you come in, whether you're going to a new church or you've just gotten saved, there's an excitement, spirit of God's moving, power of God's flowing, you're excited, and it's like this, and then all of a sudden it kind of does this dip, and then there's this flat. And usually what that is, is it's a sign that you need to begin to ask God again, Father, give me revelation. Let me hear. Let me hear. When you don't have a fresh anointing, to act upon, you get bored.
you find yourself being more interested in TV than the things of God. You find yourself being more interested in watching TikTok than interacting with people. And all the kids went, not me. See, God wants to bring revelation. He wants to stir us in the area of revelation. He wants to help us to hear. Now, I want to say this the right way. One thing that I I long for and that I love, that I don't see as much as I would like to, is people that, that, that discuss the word and the revelation that God's given them. Because what that usually means is there's a blanket that's over that revelation. Okay, that's, that's why even this, ser- this sermon today, it's not kind of going kind of the way I thought it would, but it's because that blanket begins to settle in and people just say, well, it's boring. Greatest thing you could ever have is a revelation from God. It'll change your whole life. It'll change your whole life. You know, some of you, if you had a revelation and, well, I'm not going to go there. And so, no, I'm not going to go there. You know, if, 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 you, if you got a revelation in how to treat people, you'd have more friends. Some of you. I mean, it, it can be in such basic areas and yet they're so important in life. Right, I, I told you that, that, that really a number of years ago, I, I really was that wallflower. I couldn't talk to people. You want to know how I learned how to talk to people? First, I prayed. I said, God, if you want me to be a pastor, I better learn this. <laughs> it's kind of important. But then what I begin to do is say, God, show me how. And it's going to be different for everyone, but this is the way it worked for me. God said, well, you know all those, those things that you know that seem like useless? I said, Yeah. He said, they're a key to you being able to talk to people. Like, I, I learned this week that, uh, you know, during the, the Dust Bowl in 1934, I believe it was, that uh, the, the five inches of topsoil in four states was blown to the east. In a cloud that was 10 miles wide, and I think 10,000 or 12,000 feet high. And, and you think, well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, probably nothing, but there's somebody here that's interested in that, and now I can talk to you about it. <laughs> See, when you, when you just about it. <laughs> See, when you, when you just find what people are interested in, you can talk to them. And that's the way it worked for me. It sounds so simple, right? So revelation and, and to revive means to begin to go into God and say, God, I've been dry. And this, this is what I want the altar call to be. God, I've been dry. I once felt that excitement. I once felt that stirring. But Father, I've, I've allowed whatever it is to begin to, to push that down. If you watch too much TV, turn that thing off. They're a bunch of idiots. I'm sorry, I'm going to say it plain. They're a bunch of idiots and they'll believe you can't ever do anything. Turn it off. The experts are stupid. Stop listening to them. And you begin to go into God. You begin to say, Father, I need you in here. Father, I need you to move. I need, I need revival inside myself. Father, I want to hear. Give me a, you should have a spiritual project that you're working on all the time. Something inside of you that is like granite that needs to change. Something right now for me, I've got one and I'm saying, you know what, God, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. It's that smallness. It's that thing that says this high and no further. God, you got to break that in here. That's, that's in here. That's up here. That's not what God's will is. It's not what God wants to do. And so I go into God. Father, you've got to break this on the inside of me, God. And then I do what it takes to break that thing off, to begin to stir myself, to move in the right direction, to stretch myself, to change, to study, to pray, to fast, to break those things off. You should always have something in your life that you're doing and saying, I'm going to get through in this area. If you have a bad marriage right now, what you need to do is begin to go into God and say, God, I've got to break this off. Father, I don't have 
how you're going to do it. But something in here has got to change. I'm going to break it off. I'm going to make it through. We're going to make this thing, God. We're going to do it. And you begin to pound that thing and pound that thing and pound that thing. Whatever area it is in your life that the Lord is speaking, you have to begin to allow that revival to come in and work it until it begins to produce something. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. <coughs> Nobody looking around for just a minute. Maybe you're here and you're not saved. You've never given your life to Jesus, but today he's speaking to you. We want to give you that chance. So if you want the Lord to come into your heart today, you'd signify it with an uplifted hand. Is there anyone at all? You're unsaved, maybe you're backslidden, you're not right with God. It really doesn't mean matter why. But something happened and you just begin to turn away, you begin to get distracted, you begin to go another way. And the Lord's calling you back today. Anyone at all, unsaved, backslidden, not right with God then maybe you're here and God's dealing with you about hearing. About not falling into that same religious trap that just says, this is it, this is as far as it goes, it doesn't get any better than this. That's a lie. That's a lie that originated in the very depths and pit of hell. God wants to change it for you. But you got to begin to say, God, I want, I want to hear. I want to hear, and then, God, I want you to make it real in my life. And I'm going to grab a hold of it. We're going to stand to our feet, and we're going to worship God. And if the Lord's dealing with you, you can come. These altars are open. Let's stand, and let's worship God this morning. Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor David Verdecchio of New Destiny Christian Center. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at www.newdestinychristiancenter.com.